This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show, presented by McConnell Automotive on Sports Radio 105.5 FM, online at WNSP.com, and on the WNSP app. The Dew Sweepers is also brought to you by the Taylor Martino Rowan Law Firm, Stokely Garden Express, Taco Mama, and Strixon Cleveland Golf. Now, stepping up to the tee, here's Golf Digest Top 50 and Golf Magazine Top 100 instructor, Tony Ruggiero. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Dew Sweepers here on the Dew Sweeper Lesson Tee, as I am each and every week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tony Ruggiero, your host, has been for almost the last, what, 17, 18 years, bringing you everything you need to play your game better. We've got a great show in store for you today. We wrapped up a junior camp uh, this past uh, week. We're going to have some insights. Jackson Cord and I are going to talk about some of the things that golfers of all skill levels can learn from the opportunity to spend time and be around better players. is also talk a little bit about the format of things and, and how people can apply that to their games. Then going to have Debbie Doniger on as well this show. Debbie spends tons of time traveling around, spending time with some of the best coaches that have ever lived, Butch Harmon, et cetera, Jim McClain. She's going to talk about some of the things she's learned from them. So lots of insight there for you on the show. We've also uh, – yeah, we got a great. We're gonna have a Shrikshan Cleveland Golf Tip of the Week. Uh, excuse me, as well coming up, um, and uh, that'll be ripped from the ripped from the pages, ripped from the pages of what we've done this week. So excited stuff going on for all of you. Want to remind first of all, everybody. Look, at some point, I was talking to somebody the other day. You're gonna need an attorney. Okay, in this litigious society that we live in, and it's not going to get any better, unfortunately. Um, you're probably going to need an attorney, and you're going to need somebody that fights for you, defends you, somebody that goes and helps you get everything that you're entitled to. Well, there's no person that you would rather call than Taylor Martino and our friend Ed Rowan. That's Taylor Martino. Uh, and Rowan, Ed Rowan, uh, personal injury attorneys here in Mobile. Um, their number is 251-433-3131. That's 433-3131. Taylor, Martino, and Rowan. And like I say, every show, look, there's nobody going to fight for you more than Ed. There's nobody more passionate about it. And there's nobody that has more success than Taylor, Martino, and Rowan. Uh, 433-3131. And it's, they're like the best golf instructors. They've got the most technology. They've got the most resources. Uh, they've got the best experts, and more importantly, they've had the most success. You wouldn't go to a golf teacher who every person you know that's gone to them has gotten worse, would you? No, it, it's ludicrous. So why you wouldn't go to an attorney who hasn't had success, and it's the same thing with picking an attorney. So Taylor, Martino, and our friend Ed Rowan, 433-3131. Make sure you give them a call. If you need legal representation, check out Ed Rowan. Um update what's going on in the world of golf look uh hartford last week totally opposite of the u.s open even though u.s open wasn't in my opinion just necessarily a real u.s open uh but you had man you had some crazy golf uh exciting golf crazy low low scores uh and then keegan bradley the hometown hero wins uh, at one point, I think it was five or six shots, uh, made three bogeys in a row, got it back to three. But, uh, you know, wasn't a ton of drama there. He looked in control the whole, but, uh, you know, 
as Rory was saying that he thought the golf course was you know you know becoming obsolete because of the length, yada yada yada. I still think it's fun some weeks to have really good low scores, and we just need to understand that these guys are crazy crazy good, and they're going to shoot low scores, and I think that that's okay. I've been to Hartford coaching as a number of times, been there. Uh, a couple times with guys making one of their first starts. Bobby Wyatt made his first PGA Tour start there years back. Uh, I think it's a really fun golf course. I think it's, I mean, would we hold a major championship there? No. But do I think it's it's always in great shape? The people are great there. It's an unbelievable event. And I think that golf course is fun. I think that it is fun to play and fun to see. So I don't think Hartford and, and the Travelers Championship and is going anywhere anytime soon but uh anyways uh so that's what happened last week uh this week we're in detroit uh you know reasonable field for detroit i thought compared to how it has been uh at certain years and then and then you're going to start seeing the guys go over for the scottish open and then the open championship in in the next couple weeks so that's what's going on the tour corn ferry tour is going across the the heartland and it is hot as blazes they've had a number of rain delays the last couple weeks but uh so Golf is in full swing. U.S. Senior Open this week as well. So uh, lots going on. A uh, lot of junior golf. I mean, just following it on the Internet. I mean, just tons. Uh, you had your U.S. Junior qualifiers up in Birmingham recently. So lots of lots of junior golf, and that's why we're in the middle of our big push to you know with juniors and our retreats so you can find out more information about our retreats at dosweepersgolf.com that's dosweepersgolf.com we filmed some more content this week if you go to our youtube page the do sweepers on youtube tons of stuff that could help your golf game from this week's retreats out there exercises drills you name it things to fix slices things to fix falling back on it things to fix power loss you name it, you could find it there on our YouTube and more comment content coming every single day. We're putting something out first thing in the morning generally. So go to YouTube for the Dew Sweepers and you can also see the majority of that stuff <clears throat> as well on our Instagram at the Dew Sweeper. At the Dew Sweeper is also Morgan Hill Performance always has some great stuff as well. So lots of content, lots of stuff for you regardless of your age or ability or skill set, uh, there's something for everybody out there. And you can always come stop down and find us at Dew Sweepers downtown. That's 1100 Dolphin Street, uh, right there behind WNSP here and behind Red or White. Uh, we always have golf balls, gloves on sale, basically at wholesale pricing just to help you out. Uh, and we've got always got a wedge special every week. So come uh, see what all the buzz is about and get you a golf lesson or a workout from Morgan Hale or myself uh, at Dew Sweepers downtown, 1100 Dolphin Street. Uh, it is now time for the Shrixon Cleveland Golf Zexio tip of the week. And the, the tip this week is about consistency. And one of the more common things that we hear on the lesson tee is a, play, a person says, oh, well, you know, my, I hit a lot of good shots. I just need to be more consistent. And so the first thing I want to say is, like, first of all, there's no consistency in golf. By nature, the game isn't consistent. And I think by sometimes, you know, by trying to be consistent, we get ourselves frustrated and we think we're not very good. And I think so the first thing when I – talk about consistency is I say that you need to understand that golf's inconsistent bad shots are part of the game and 
by nature, it's an inconsistent game, and you're never going to be consistent. You're going to hit bad shots. You're going to hit good shots. Uh, you're going to have good days, and you're going to have bad days. But now, what can you do to make yourself more consistent as possible? Well, I think that all starts with uh, it starts with your routine. I think you need to have a routine, a pre-shot routine uh, of some sorts, and that routine should involve how you step into the ball, how you aim the face, how you set your feet, and how you posture yourself. And it should have you, – you should practice, you should develop it along with your coach. Like what, what does my routine missing? What does it need? But you should also practice using it, which means when you go to the practice tee, you obviously we always talk about practice station. You want to set stuff up with your sticks and so forth. But you also want to hit shots where you do your full routine. And that's part of learning to take it to the golf course. <clears throat> Did some stuff with Dr. Greg Carton this week down at Old Palm, and we filmed some stuff for the Pro Work Series, and we dealt with just that. Like, you've got to practice with your routine. And most folks don't. I watch them on the driving range. I remember years at the Country Club of Mobile, I'd be driving down in the cart down that far side, and you'd watch player after player hit. And you'd watch them hit a ball, pull another ball over, hit a ball, you know, get their grip back on. None of them ever practice using their routine. And then they go on the golf course and they start trying to use a routine because they know they're supposed to do it. And it doesn't work that way. You've got to practice what you're trying to do. So the better you practice with the routine, which will help you get into the ball the same way every time, you need to develop that. There needs to be a method to what your routine is, how you aim the face, how you set your feet how you take your step, how you posture yourself. Sit down and think about what do you need to do, what part of the routine will help your tendencies and help you get aimed better, and you will become a better player. And then lastly, just pay more attention. You hear us say every week on the Dew Sweepers, pay more attention to details. Pay more attention to details when you practice, like your alignments, ball position, posture, balance, those things. If you understand what for you is what you're looking for and you're good, and every practice session, you just took a picture of yourself, looked at it, and checked it against what you where you need to be, you would be vastly improved at the end of this summer. So that, my friends, is the Shrixon Cleveland Golf Zexio Tip of the Week. And just want to remind everybody out there, everything you need to play better golf is available for you at DoSweepersGolf.com. That's DoSweepersGolf.com. Uh, stop by and see us at 1100 Dolphin Street. Follow us on all our our content on all our social channels at the Dew Sweeper on Instagram. Message me there or go to our YouTube with content coming every day, and especially the Pro Work Series by Bushnell Golf on our <clears throat> on our YouTube Dew Sweepers channel. Search Dew Sweepers on YouTube. You'll like what you see if you love golf. And I'm Tony Ruggiero. We'll be right back with. Debbie Doniger and Jackson Court, and more help for your golf game. Watch that backswing and keep it out of the rough. This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show on WNSP, presented by McConnell Automotive. Once again, your host, Tony Ruggiero. Welcome back into the Dew Sweepers, everybody. Once again, I'm your host, Tony Ruggiero, here on the Dew Sweeper Lesson T. Uh, it's a thrill for me to bring on this next guest. She's uh, First of all, she's one of my great friends in the business, one of my great friends, period. She's a wonderful teacher, great teacher, great mind about the game. And she'll often sit and listen to me vent, scream, 
bitch, yell about other people. Uh, so it's always great to have her on and uh, get her point of view. Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher Debbie Doniger. What's up, Deb? It's, isn't it nice to have friends like me? <laughs> oh my gosh, huh? You know, yep, uh, it for sure is. And uh, yeah, um, you know, I wanted to pick your brain. I always like picking your brain. You always give good opinions. Um, you recently oh, went out and saw Butch. Spent some time out there. You came up under the great Jim McLean, who we were just talking about off the air, uh, and his legendary career, and how he's still relevant and still teaches so much. And uh, you know. I've been out to see Butch. I'm hopefully going back out there this fall. Let's talk a little bit about some of the, the, the commonalities. You know, there's so many. It seems to me every time I open my phone, there's 16 new teachers out there with a page that apparently have solved the world's problems. So, <laughs> right? So, I, you know, never taught anybody to be any good, but they've solved the world's problems. So, uh, what, with from your experience coming up under Jim – Spending time with Butch, you know, I've spent a good bit of time with Butch and with, with taught with Billy and some of these and Hank, my mentor, like what are some of the commonalities you see among those great teachers that other teachers can take from? But also I think if you're a student and you understand what great teachers do, you can learn something about taking lessons and how to improve. Well, I think Jim was brilliant in his creativeness. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of things that we see now on Instagram and YouTube from teachers who think they found the Holy Grail. Um, you know, I started with Jim back in the early 80s, and I am dating myself, but my gosh, we were talking about those same principles or basics way back then. Right. And Jim learned, um, has just an incredible, illustrious, uh, I would say, following before himself. Like he worked with the Harmons and he Gardner Dickinson and he went to see Ledbetter. So, Jim really instilled in me the um, importance of going to see other teachers. And speaking of Butch Harmon, Butch would always say also to me, go see people that you may disagree with because mm -hmm. I guarantee you, you will learn something. The commonalities that I see amongst a Jim McLean, a Led, a Butch, a Bill Harmon, Chuck Cook, and Randy Smith, let's just pull all those together, um, is that they were able to start juniors at a very young age, keep them going through college golf and, and possibly professional golf. So that to me means you can teach. And, and all of those guys right before us can say they've done that. Randy Smith, I think, has the most junior golfers on tour than any other teacher. And I've watched Randy uh, numerous times and – so they know how to develop junior golfers. They know how to communicate the message very simply. And they know how to not confuse the student. And right. Butch, in, its, in his brilliance, when I just went to watch him a couple weeks ago, it's just so simple. It's almost, it's almost mind-blowing. But in his opening, and he said this before, and I'm sure lots of people have heard him say, I try and find the one thing that can fix five things. And he does do that. And it may be in the setup. It may be in the backswing. But it's one thing. And I watched him do a two-day golf school. And he didn't deviate from that one thing and give the person a second thing in the same day. He stayed with that one thing. And then day two may have added what he thought that person needed to go the next step as right. soon as they had step one. 
So the non-confusion, the communication, but then also that these guys, um, well, one, they're voracious learners as well. I mean, look at Mike Adams too. He's right. a big mentor of mine and I would be remiss if I didn't mention him either. But, but again, um, teaching the individual, teaching the person in front of them and growing juniors to great golfers. And I think all of them, if they were in front of you and me, would say they, they pride themselves on that. And that is a clear distinction when they're looking at great teachers that, that teachers are able to do that. I couldn't have said that. I mean, I think that was, that was brilliant. Um, you know, I've always said that, you know, I think that, uh, you know, and I think it's because of my upbringing as a teacher though, that I thought that the most important thing you did that showed you could teach was the development of juniors and players along the way. Right. And, I, and yep. I, I've always thought that. And I, 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 and Bill Harmon, he said this, you know, he said this before on this too. Like, I mean, Teaching tour players, I mean, is is obvious. It's way harder than people think, but they're already good, right? They're like they're yeah. al- they're yeah. already good, and so tweaking a tour player and giving him something and him go play good for a week isn't the same thing as having developed multiple people. You know, uh, that's real teaching in my point. In, in, you know, obviously, it's I'm, real and it's hard. Super by the hard. Way, super have, hard. Right to have junior golfers with. Some have talent, some don't, some have more, some don't. And then when you got those it factor juniors that you're able to develop them into high level college players and you teach a ton of juniors and we share junior golfers. Mm -hmm. And I know that you and I talk about this kid's got a ton of talent. This kid's got, eh, but could probably play D2, D3, but you still have to develop the the not as talented junior golfer to be the best that he or she can be. And that still takes really good uh, teaching acumen for lack of a better way to say it. And, and you've got a nice stable. So don't, you know, don't well, knock yourself. Over I, I appreciate that. And, uh, but I think one thing, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I, you know, I think we do a nice job and we've had a good run and we've had some, we've had some folks turn out decent and, you know, the one thing I, I – you were talking about, like, the D2 versus the D1. I, the, when I watch great teachers, too, you can't ever tell when they're with a kid whether they think that kid's going to be a superstar or they're just going to play D3. Mm. Yep. And and one thing I heard yep. one time from a teacher was, like, not only is it your job and whether – whichever area they're going to go – but you also never know when the light bulb's going to click on. And, yeah, you know, I mean, I've had kids that, uh, you know, I think nowadays too, like when you see kids that maybe don't score very good but have just a ton of speed and you're like, well, I mean, if this kid could figure it out. He could be something. But, like, I, but again, I think that, uh, uh, you know, like you never know when that light bulb's going to go on with a, with a student where, like, a kid that's uh, – Division two or Division three that maybe he's played a lot of other sports and had other interests, and then all of a sudden as a sophomore in college at a D three or D two, it's like this is what I want to do, and they've got the resources to do it, and they go play, and heck, in you know six years they end up making the Corn Ferry tour or something. Like you never know. I think is the thing. So I think as as a teacher, you owe it to every student in front of you to do the best you can to develop them. Hundred percent, and I think uh, today's world where. You know, that's what's interesting, too, 
not to to go into too deep of a conversation that we would probably have off air. But what's interesting is back then, like the Randy Smiths or Mike or Jim or Led or Butch, you know, they didn't have the biomechanists back in the 80s and, you know, force plates and 3D. I mean, we got it in the early 90s, but they were few and far between. So Mm -hmm. the tools now for all our, you know, for all of us are so much more prolific and yet you and I still, um, we still give such props to all the people I just mentioned before mm-hmm. me and you and, and several others also, um, because they did it, you know, arguably without all the tools that we have today. And they're still at the top of their game and yep. they still learn as much as they can. And they, you know, they're still trying to communicate the message differently and maybe a little bit better. I mean, that's, that's the most unbelievable thing to me that I, I can watch a Chuck cook and, and he's still got uh, books on his coffee table that he looks at every night, which are golf golf mm-hmm. related. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of amazing. Oh, it's for sure. Amazing. Debbie. Yeah. We're lucky though. Oh, we are. We're lucky to know him and to, <laughs> and to be able to have, yes. hang out with him. Debbie, you're awesome as always. Let everybody know where to find you. you got tons of great content out there. Social media oh, stuff, the stuff out there, it's, it's not only is it great stuff, but it's also easy to understand, easy to process, easy to apply to your game. Let everybody know how to find it. Either on Golf Pass, got a lot of content on there for Golf Channel, and at Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, Doniger on Instagram is probably the best. Great stuff. Deb, you're the best as always. Thanks for listening to me and hanging out. We'll look forward to catching up soon. All right. Thanks, dude. Talk to you later. All right. That's Debbie Doniger. I'm Tony Ruggiero. The Dew Sweepers Golf Show will be right back with more help for your golf game. This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show. Live on 105.5 FM and WNSP.com. Keep it in the fairway with Golf Digest Top 50 and Golf Magazine Top 100 instructor, Tony Ruggiero. The following is an encore presentation of the Dew Sweepers Golf Show. Welcome back into the Dew Sweepers, everybody. Once again, I'm your host, Tony Ruggiero, here on the Dew Sweeper Lesson T. This time, I am joined by my good friend, Jackson K. Golf, one of the great young teachers. Pretty soon, he's not going to be a young teacher anymore if I keep doing this dang show long enough. I mean, we go another 10 years, Jackson. I'm going to be bringing on one of the great middle-aged teachers in the game of golf. But uh, Golf Digest, best young teacher from over at Atlantic Beach Country Club. Um, before we get into that, I want to remind everybody, every if you want your if you want your yard to look like what it looked like when we were at Augusta two weeks ago or at Hilton Head, and you want to have the best-looking yard. If you're one of those people like our boy Wayne Flint that wants to be Yard of the Month Club where you get the sign in the yard, you got to go to Stokely's Midtown Garden Center right there at the Loop on government. Our boy Blaine Stokely is a dedicated dew sweeper, loves the game of golf, but more importantly, he runs the best garden center, home and garden center anywhere around they know more they have the best experts they know more about any uh what you need for your yard and they've got the best quality and they've got the best product so check out stokely's midtown garden center now back to our best middle-aged teacher (laughs) who's got a baby on the way gonna be here soon anytime we have one of these uh, we're gonna be calling you papa court um 
<laughs> Jackson, how the heck are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Tony. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, uh, you know, had a great time at Augusta, obviously. Uh, lots of good, lots to learn. Uh, you and I have been doing a lot of talking. We're going to teach together in a couple of weeks. So, so I'm going to come over on Sunday. We're going to do a little work with Ben Carr and Erica Shepard. But uh, um, you had the idea to talk a little bit about you know, fundamentals last week, I, the show was really, it was a good one. I thought it was about grip and there's actually been a bunch on Twitter recently. Jim McClain saying grip's not a fundamental and, you know, we could argue, disagree with that. He's got his own definitions of fundamentals, but I don't think anybody that's good at golf has a bad grip and sucks as a, you know, as a terrible grip. Um, Let's talk about the things that people – you know, I think one of the things that separates good players or people that are improving – I had a junior in here the other day. Uh, things that, you know, that keep people from improving is paying attention to some of the details and some of the things that are important. And I see this instruction to Jackson, and I know over the years I've beat this into your brain that like, hey, before you start getting into all this crazy stuff like breaking and – you know, getting the wrist bowed at the top or all these pressure shifts. I mean, people, you got to be able to get grips and postures, setups and all that. Talk about some of the things that you think are important. Yeah. I think the hot topic right now for me personally is kind of aim. And, uh, some people will actually say that aim doesn't matter. And I'm, I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. And Justin Parsons in one of your podcasts talked about how he thinks that the better players are the best aimers. Mm-hmm. And uh, quick story. So I've got a good friend, actually, that was down here filming some content at Atlantic Beach. Who Jason Gus, who's great teacher, uh, good instructor. Yep, great teacher. And he had the opportunity to caddy for Arnold Palmer. And, oh wow! Um, it was, you remember it was the you remember the par three competition up in Northern Michigan at Tree mm-hmm. Tops. That's where um, your guy Rick Smith was. So he yeah. worked under Rick Smith forever. And so he caddied for Arnold like three days in a row in this thing. And it was a pro-am and then they'd play nine holes. Right. <clears throat> and it was all on a par three contest or uh, on a par three course. And so they're playing with this absolute chop who's aimed way, right. Swinging way over the top, like just a mess. Right. Mm-hmm. And on the eighth hole, Jason said he stops Arnold stops. So Jason stops next to him, watches this guy chop one up there <laughs> Arnold looks at Jason and says, I wonder what his swing would look like if he had never been allowed to aim incorrectly. Wow. I thought that was really good. And Jason's like super picky about aim and not just aim with the full swing, but aim with like putting and short game as well. But I think that's incredible. So you think about this guy who hypothetically has aimed 30 yards right of his target his entire golfing career and he know athletically you know that the target's behind you and you're reacting to that trying to get your swing plane your club face your body turning to direct the ball at your target and so what if you started out with golf or you started out this season or you're coming off a winter or whatever and you focused big time on fundamentals like okay number one being aimed correctly your club face your feet your hips your shoulders aimed at the your intended target and maybe the ball's in the right spot and you're postured okay you're ready to move like i think if you could do those three things and get really good at them not just on the range but also on the golf course i think that'd be a 
awesome step for people to actually develop and continue to advance, um, not just their fundamentals, obviously, but their swing and their score on the golf course. What do you I, think? I agree 100% with, like, especially how, you know, I'm not one of those. There's people out there on social media say aim doesn't matter. I, I do think that when you get to the tour player level, some of them aim a little different, so on and so forth for shots, but they're also the best yep. players in the world, right, and the most talented. Uh, my old mentor, you know, I, how I love throwing out the old HJ things, and by the way, a little plug, we've got a podcast coming out this week with Mark Wood, Wayne Flint, Luke Curdenine from Golf Digest, and myself talking about some of the old HJ articles, and it's fantastic. But um, HJ used to have a saying, it's – he he didn't care where the person was aimed. He cared where they thought they aimed were aimed, mm. right? And which goes to what Mister Palmer and, and what you were talking about. And I think that that's uh, uh, yeah. I think I think it's important. In fact, you know, I always like to relate to you know stories. And and you know, Erica Shepard, who you're helping with short game, and you know, she texted me something last week from the ACC championship, and you know, she's uh, missing everything left, and then I pull it right she's left-handed and you know i mean the golf swing looked pretty dang good right yeah but i was like you know you could kind of tell in the video that and i know from walking and watching holes which is another reason why i think you're so good you go on the golf course with students and you can't just stand on a tee with a track man and and fix somebody but like i knew her tendencies to get aimed too far left and i said I i just think you need to pay way more attention for the next two days to where you're aimed yeah, and not worry anything else. Like I'm not going to give you anything else in the golf swing, and she hit it much better. She's like, "Hey, I short sided myself a couple times, made a couple dumb b- mistakes, but hit it much better." And I think that that goes to what you're saying. Like a lot of times, I think uh, Woody will always do this demonstration at uh, you know at golf schools or at junior camps where you know he he's aimed 30 yards right, he makes a good swing, hits it 30 yards right. And he and he's like, oh, everybody, well, it's a bad shot. Well, it wasn't a bad swing; it was a bad shot. Then he aims thirty yards right, but hits it at the target, and everybody's well, it's that's a good shot, but that was a bad swing, right? Correct. And sooner or later, you don't match those up, right? I mean, yeah. you know, and I think, uh, I mean, how many times have you been on the golf course with a student, uh, and they make a pretty dang good swing, you know, for them? And they're they're ticked. They think, oh, I hit a crummy shot. It's just where the heck they were aiming. Yes, yes. And you snowball that from one day of bad aim into one month into one year of bad aim, and and I think that's where you get the snowball effect, and everything else kind of goes haywire from there. Right. And it, you know, I think it's the same. I'm always going to go back to short game, but I think it's the same thing with putting. And actually, to throw a plug at uh, Cody Hale, Momo's mm-hmm. brother. You know, so when you were working with Ben, I got to ask, I asked Cody probably a hundred too many questions sitting there in the caddy area about putting and all that stuff because he's now the, you know, the tour guy for, for Odyssey putters out there. And, um, we were talking about aim and, and kind of how, uh, players aim it differently and why they aim it differently. And, and so I asked like for a, obviously a tour pro from eight to 10 feet, like what's his variance where it's okay for them to be aimed a little left or a little right, because similar to the full swing, like you talked about how, how players have an aim bias. Well, like if you're hitting a fade, right, you're going to aim a little bit left. So the ball can work back towards the target instead of away from the target. So it's kind of the same thing in putting where you'll see like good aimers may be 
a half a degree left or a degree left or a half a degree right or a degree right because they've got maybe some tendency in their stroke that's like a little bit of a push tendency or a little bit of a pull tendency. So that just gives them margin for error because the hole is so small. You aim dead straight on a straight eight foot putt, like you have to roll it incredibly perfect just for it to go in. So people, good putters do have a little bit of an aim bias, just like in the full swing. But I ask like, what, what's your parameters? Where does it get too far? And from eight to 10 feet, he said he doesn't like to see it outside of a degree or a degree and a half. Mm-hmm. He thinks when it starts to get outside of a degree and a half, two, three degrees, that's when there's compensations that affect not only the stroke but the roll of the golf ball. I thought that was incredible. And you think about, like, how good of aim it has to be from eight feet to be less than, a, you know, less than two degrees off. Amazing. And that's some low-hanging – right. That's some low-hanging fruit. I think, again, the players can go out there under the putting green and have a couple of really simple drills, an easy setup station that gets them aimed correctly, and all you do is work on aim for a little bit until it's consistent on the putting green and then consistent on the golf course, and you let that trickle in and affect you know, your putting on the golf course. I think you'd, they'd be uh, surprised at how much better they get with something simple like that jackson awesome stuff appreciate you sitting in as always we're up against the clock uh jackson k golf on instagram i'm tony ruggiero here on the do sweepers golf show we'll be right back with more help for your golf game watch that backswing and keep it out of the rough this is the do sweepers golf show on wnsp presented by mcconnell automotive once again, your host, Tony Ruggiero. Welcome back into the Dew Sweepers, everybody. Once again, I'm your host, Tony Ruggiero, here on the Dew Sweeper Lesson T, uh, sitting in here chatting with my good friend, Jack Sacourt, one of the great young teachers. And I laugh every time I say it. At some point, you're not going to be a young teacher. But I guess that makes me old as dirt. But uh, anyways, Jack's a court joining us from uh, uh, over Atlantic Beach Country Club in Jacksonville, Florida. We just got done teaching a three-day VIP camp school together, um, mm-hmm. and we were talking. Let's we're, we're talking about some of the things that we've learned that can apply to people. And obviously, we had juniors, uh, but these apply to anybody. Let's talk about what we learned about what the folks learned about practice. I think that's yeah, you know, uh, it, and, and I thought today was pretty cool because you, you know we did a segment, you know, or a, or a or a part of the day was just based on how to practice short game, how to structure practice how to get more yep. effective practice. Um, obviously, we, you know, a lot of it involves, you know, how to set up practice stations. I also think when it comes to wedge work, now these launch pros, as you've got one, we've got a bunch. The Bushnell launch pros out there make the ability to practice your wedges and stuff actually relatively reasonable to get that type of technology. But talk a little bit about what you saw from a, techn- uh, from a practice standpoint. Yeah, so... I think I'm going to try and explain this as best I can, but sometimes I get surprised at how if you give them what may be simple information or you try to create a clear picture and then you wait a little bit, which is great about a camp because then, you know, you come back to it a day or two later and what you think you communicated correctly and they understood they did not. Mm -hmm. Right. They didn't retain it. Like, so I'm speaking specifically with a putting station now. You know, I get them on a mirror. I get their setup correct. I get their eyes over it, get the ball position where we want. 
right? And then you can create a system with your putter head to measure how far from the golf ball your toes are and where the ball is so you're in the same spot every day. Well, mm-hmm. I did this with every kid, right? And so that was on Tuesday. And today I was like, we're just going to go back into the stations, kind of see how they did. And I would say that the majority, for sure, fifth, more than half of the students didn't do it. Then this is me being picky, exactly how we had described it on Tuesday. We're talking two days later, <laughs> right? And like, which is kind of scary. So, and it can be just a little bit off. Like the one kid, he was like a ball off, but instead of him being, you know, a ball further away from it, he was a ball too close and his eyes were too far over it. And when I got him adjusted, he goes, oh my gosh, that feels way different. And it's better. And like, he started talking about what the influence it had on his stroke. And we're literally talking about how his toes were one ball too far, too close to the golf ball. Yeah. Right. So I think that's where I go back, like, especially if you're going to practice and you're going to invest in your game, whether it's with lessons with your local dew sweeper or whatever you want to do, I would for sure come in with like some goals. Hey, I want to learn how to do this. I need to learn how to do this. And that's so like three things. And then if you leave without taking notes and not a crystal clear understanding of how to practice and why you're doing it like that, I'm not sure if the lesson will, will retain. Well, said. so that's where I think how you practice is incredibly important. Like attention to the detail on getting in there the same every day with whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah. I, I mean, again, you know, I think that people are always like, why don't I get better? Or, you know, I've taken lessons, but I don't get better. But if you don't, if you don't pay attention to the details that when you leave and then you're able yeah. to replicate it, I mean, you can't expect to get better or you certainly can't expect to get better as fast or, or you know, or do it as accurately. You know, and I thought today um, – you weren't with me in the bay, but I, I thought the one thing that we did that was really cool in closing is we brought everybody in one at a time, probably took five to ten minutes max. We took them back through the exercises or drills that they needed to do to improve their golf swing. We filmed them for them and sent them to them. Mm-hmm. And then we had them write their notes down in their words, and we went over it with them, and then they hit four or five balls going back over it, right? Yeah. So they left with it on their phone. Now, if if they don't follow it, I mean, what we can't do it for them, right? Correct. And, and, and I, I had a conversation with a young man, Brady, who you know, uh, dad does a lot for us. Mm-hmm. Brady has a lot of has a lot of power and speed. And I said to him, like, you're at the point where you got to decide whether you want to be a good player or just somebody that can hit it hard. Yep. You know, and the kid looked a little bit miffed at me, right? And and I said, because, like, you, you hit it hard, and that's cool. But, like, do you want to really learn how to play golf? Yeah. And I think that that same question can be asked for everybody at different skill levels. And when they come to take a lesson or when they come to take a camp or what have you, it can it is like, you know, if you're a 20 handicapper and you're trying to get where you shoot in the mid to low 80s, like – do you really want to take that step? Because if you do, then you you don't maybe have to pay as much attention to detail as Will McFadden, who's embarking on a professional journey. But you got to do more than what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. 
you agree with that? Yeah, uh, I do. And I think that's where I think it is a, a little bit of a relationship and maybe some communication styles between the player and the coach to where, you know, if you don't grasp it and you can't sink your teeth into it, you know, it's like for me, I, I kind of reflect back to like when I was in college and trying to get better. I, uh, I bounced around from coach to coach just because, you know, I didn't have a ton of money and what I would do, I, I would save up my money to go take a lesson. And I would tell the guy like, Hey, like I can't take a bunch of lessons. Like I want, I want you to kind of explain everything to me. All right. So I, I can go and work on it. Now that was freaking horrible for my golf game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I would leave with a bunch, but I could tell you 10 minutes into a lesson, if I was going to connect with this guy or not. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that that goes to maybe a little bit of my stubbornness and not trying to like sit there and learn from, from that, that person. But I think the student, if you're trying to get better, has to control and be able to, to describe what's going on with their game. And I think, you know, I would like to say that we do a good job at not just beating seven irons for an entire lesson and getting a little bit more involved with like how you have to play the game, even though, you know, we, we may have an hour time slot with somebody, but I think recreational players, like I'm kind of saying with the practice as well, they might not understand the picture that we're trying to create for them. Yeah. But if the coach doesn't know where they are on a comprehension level of what's going on, I don't know if they can fully help that person. That's a good right, point. like, you know, you talk about like working with Andy, right? Andy Ogletree, obviously super successful, knows his game very well, knows what he can and can't do. I don't think your average Joe has that same ability, but that doesn't mean that they can't sit there and communicate and say, hey, what's this mean? Why am I going to do this? How is this going to make me better? You know, so I think – you go into a lesson with those three things. Hey, I got three goals. I want to learn how to do this because I struggle with this on the golf course. I don't know what to do, and this is going to help me knock off a couple strokes. And then the same thing goes when you're paying for a lesson. You got to take notes and then also try to ask and engage with the coach about why that's actually making you better. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the one thing that I took this week as we kind of wrap this is that the better – the players that got the most out of it, I felt like, and that have gotten better the fastest were the ones that were the most verbal when you worked with them and communicated their thoughts and their feels. Yeah, 100%. Or an observant. Correct. Right? Correct. Like, I think one of the reasons why McFadden has an incredible ceiling and potential is, like, he will sit there and listen and just watch what other good players are doing. Yes. Like I'm over there working, doing short game with Emilio, who's obviously very good with wedges. Mm -hmm. And he, he stops what he's doing and he just walks over and he stands back there and he doesn't say a thing and he just listens. Yep. And then I'm over there working with Shubin. He just kind of comes over and he hangs out and he, he watches and he's observing. He does the same thing with Eric. It doesn't have to be forever, but like he's just kind of picking up tidbits of information so, so that I think he's he's starting to develop a, a, a more clear picture of what to do and um, 
I thought that was beautiful. That's awesome. Jackson, really good stuff. Great work this past week. Uh, but let everybody know where to find you and find out more information about your coaching. Yeah. Uh, best way, honestly, is probably through Instagram, just at Jackson Pigolf. Shoot me a message or uh, send me a video there. I'm always happy to help from afar. I'm also on Skillist. Uh, doing some lessons virtually there. And, uh, yeah, feel free to reach out if you have anything. That's awesome. Jackson K Golf, want to remind everybody out there, everything you need to play better golf, including we can get Jackson's contact info to you, is at dosweepersgolf.com. That's dosweepersgolf.com. Uh, find out more about our camps, retreats. You can also find out anything you need to come down to the store uh, to book a lesson. Dosweepersgolf.com or always follow me on Instagram at the Dewsweeper or especially go to our YouTube page. I'll have a bunch of stuff from this past week. You'll see an inside look at what it's like uh, to be there at a retreat and kind of get all of the looks and the feels. But, Jackson, great stuff as always. Appreciate you sitting in. We'll look forward to catching up with you next week or so here on the Dew Sweepers. Thanks for having me, too. All right, that's Jackson Court. I'm Tony Ruggiero. The Dew Sweepers Golf Show will be back next week with more help for your golf game.